Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining me today. I've got Maddie, John and Robin here to talk to you about all things grilling and smoking. Tis the season to uh, fire up the grill, fire up the barbie, fire up whatever you got, <laughs> fire pit if you wanna do that. And um, so we just thought we would talk about uh, the world of grilling and smoking. And John, as the, before we started, we said we would lean pretty heavily on you since you are our pit master uh, in our group. Uh, the, the greatest claim to fame that I could talk about with grilling and smoking uh, yes, I have grilled over an open campfire, and um, uh, that's a bit of a challenge, um, but um, I actually put together a grill. My ex, um, <laughs> he was a gadget oh, guy, cool. and so we had a whole, we had, uh, we had a charcoal grill, we had a, um, two charcoal grills, I think. We had a real bona fide, like, round, and then we had a propane fired charcoal grill which was really cool it was a it was a weber invention where you would um turn the it was like a mini propane tank and you'd have your container of of briquettes and you'd fire up the propane for like five minutes and it would heat the briquettes just enough and then you'd leave them to get ashy and everything and so that was I loved that it was the best thing you didn't have to ever use lighter fluid or anything and you got charcoal taste. Um, and then we had a gas grill and a smoker. But anyhow, the gas grill, when that came, I thought it was going to be assembled. Oh, no. <laughs> he was not mechanically inclined, and it became my project. <laughs> so that's my greatest claim well, to fame. <laughs> and you I had the tools. So. <laughs> I guess I could fetch the whole way. <laughs> but it worked. Um, so anyhow, that's my greatest claim to fame with, um, <laughs> grilling. I mean, yes, I do grill. And, um, I think there are some things that it's just, there's nothing like the, something that comes off of a grill. Um, and especially when it's charcoal, in my opinion, certain things, the flavor yeah. is, can't be compared. Um, but maybe we should tell people the difference between grilling and smoking. Always a good place to start. And sure. I will, you know, grilling is a, a fast act. It's something that you want a hot, hot uh, grill and grill grates. And smoking is low and slow. So, I mean, you're going to take some time to do the smoking. And, I mean, there's obviously many designs of smokers on top of that. So, um, I think that's it in a nutshell. So it's low and slow and you're relying on smoke. You typically have chunks in there, wood chunks in there to have a smoky environment. And that the food that's then cooked low and slow in there is in that smoky environment for a long period of time and then takes on that smoky flavor. Correct. The smokers will generally have a, a part or piece that holds water. So it's not just smoke and drying out. It's, it continues to have a right uh, humid smoke environment. Sure. Yeah. I was avoiding well, using that word. I, <laughs> I know. It's one of the words that we always hate to say, but it is very <laughs> correct. But at the same time, it just doesn't sound very appealing. <laughs> but sometimes it's just the right word. <laughs> Darn. Um, and isn't that? it true, John, um, that technically, you're smoking for a certain amount of time, not you're not technically needing to smoke the whole time it's on there. 
So like the food only, it, the smoke really only penetrates the food for like a few hours. Is that? Yeah, I think that's probably legit. Um, you're trying to get a balance of the long, slow cook to bring up. I'm just totally just thinking in terms, in terms of a pork shoulder or pork butt that's, you know, it's going to get smoky and it'll just sort of like a marinade actually it'll only get so far deep into the meat and you'll see that as the um, the ring of fire the ring of smoke that's uh, <laughs> the pink ring the mm -hmm. pink ring on on smoked items and that's pretty much telling you there how deep the smoke it has gotten so um and the other thing is is that you're trying to break down the uh collagen and connective and tissues the connective tissues and you have those melt and so you need the the heat but not too much heat you need the smoke <laughs> but not too much smoke because things can get really bitter uh, with too much smoke mm -hmm. well and that probably also comes down to choice of wood chunks and things and i'm sure that's and there's a whole theory but between marrying or or partnering what it is you're smoking and the chunks that you choose to use yeah oh absolutely um you know the hardier meats red meats and whatnot will work best with hickory and oak and pecan more and, pronounced flavors yeah whereas um chicken and seafood generally um will be they'll take fruit smoke like applewood, um, cherry wood, that kind of thing, um, so that they're they're milder mm -hmm. flavors and they're slightly I don't know if you can actually call them sweet, but uh, they're they're a sweeter type wood that will give uh, those things. And I think somewhere in between is pork. You can probably just throw some smoke at it, throw some chips, throw uh -huh. some chunks, because mm -hmm. I I generally um. And for a long time, you know, when it was all the rage, it was always mesquite, mesquite, uh -huh, mesquite uh -huh. forever. And it took me a long time to get away from it. But I realized, you know, there's some just good old reliable hickory smoke is just so tasty. And where does cedar kind of fall in the bunch? I mean, you think good of mm -hmm. cedar plank. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't really see cedar chips, do you? Mm -mm. Cedar chunks. Um, yeah. They're, they're right in there. A little bit more technique involved there and a little bit more planning. Because mm -hmm. you got to soak it and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I know right. salmon is a big one. From, right. Keeping an eye on it from igniting completely. Yeah, definitely keep a spray bottle on hand for those corners. <laughs> and <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the voice of experience there. I think we've definitely had a few of those catch on fire in the test well, kitchen. And, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you hear smoked, um, uh, cedar smoked um, salmon is a big one. It's a very Pacific Northwest. And um, mm -hmm. and we've tried a variety of other things. But Robin, you did, um, I want to say, did you do brie on a um, plank? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah. It was fun. It was yeah. good. And, you know, it wasn't overwhelmingly smoked because it doesn't need to be on there very long, but it was good. It did impart some flavor and uh, and I, we all enjoyed it. So it was a success, I would say. Yeah, most people probably don't think that you could um, grill cheese at all 
literally. Right. <laughs> I, well, well, that's true. I had to say I was pretty skeptical about it. So. <laughs> um, well, you made me you a believer, Robin. You don't know till you try. <laughs> yes. yes. I did. Well, as we always say, it's a test kitchen. Let's test it. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. right. We test it so you don't have to. Um, and hopefully we learn the, you know, <laughs> the whatnots and wherefores uh, to help you along with your process. So you, you can get yes. right in there. That's right. We've also learned that, you know, don't get too scared if you do have a grease fire, just slowly, you know, get some baking soda and put it over it and don't, you know, relax. <laughs> <laughs> don't my husband learned that this weekend <laughs> oh did he oh my what were don't you don't panic were you he, he calls yes we were grilling and uh he was grilling burgers and all and normally we do it on the charcoal but we were like well it's getting late the girls are hungry um i just hear him open the door like we have a little bit of a situation and <laughs> i look out and i see the flames and i go do you need some baking soda he's like um yes <laughs> The girls had no clue what was going on, but you know, then we had to bust out the air fryer and kind of finish them inside for a little oh. bit. Uh, well, that's a, you know, I'm kind of jumping here a little bit, but uh, well, and maybe we'll come back to this. That's one reason why you really want to make sure that you have grilling tools with long <laughs> handles when you are working um, on a grill or a smoker or something like that, because you just don't know. And it's really hot when you are, if you're putting your hand um, over the flame, if you're having to turn something way in the back of the grill, um, exactly. it's yeah. much better to have a long reach on your tongs or fork or whatever you're using your, whatever tool spatula, um, just so it's you're a, not, it's a little PSA for everyone to clean their grills once in a while. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just gonna, you know, compare war stories. I, I've incinerated <laughs> two entire pigs, so. Oh. Okay, John wins. <laughs> we had a giant pig roaster that, you know, uh, they traveled around the different properties and I was the first to get to use it and did it all had all is all clean and shiny and brand new and got the pig all fixed up there and in there. And um, the cotter pins that held the uh, spikes, the forks and the rotisserie melted. Oh. And as a result, oh my yeah. gosh, it's like, okay, this is a you know, three thousand dollar grill or something there, yeah, and it all fell apart to just instead of aluminum, maybe steel cotter pins would have worked, but so yeah, the pig wow. dropped into the flames. And, and we had a nice and charred, I'm sure. Okay, you I don't want to hear you... about a big grease fire. I don't think you <laughs> own that one, John. That is not on you. <laughs> That's well, speaking of, um, you know, a big pig and um, cuts of meat, that's one of the things you were kind of alluding to earlier. Typically on a smoker, you're using a bigger, tougher cut of meat because it is low, similar to what you would do with like a slow cooker or a braise in the oven. You're going to use a tougher cut of meat just that needs to kind of gently be coaxed um, <laughs> out yeah. of it fat and connective tissues and all of that kind of stuff and, and by a definition of brisket's really that kind of a, that that cut that you're talking about there you go and then smaller cuts are what you're going to cook a steak um over you're going to grill that it's right. uh, going to be cooked and over. that's not to say you can't have a smoke i mean correct you've got, you know 
tons of chips, wood chips and whatnot. And you throw the Traeger in there and it's just kind of like a complete different ball game where people are doing everything on it. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's throwing out the old smoker with the new, you know, kind of mm-hmm. no need for a grill anymore. You can do it all here. Okay. Talk Traeger to me. Um, well, so we don't really have one yet. Shane's definitely been looking into it, but his dad <laughs> has one. Um, oh. And so, you know, they actually got rid of their grill because they're like, you know, the only difference is you're not getting that good sear of like a um, grill you would on a, on a steak. Um, but a lot of times, you know, if you just, you could also just like do a quick sear afterwards or before you put it on there. Um, but it takes pellets versus... Um, chunks or you know that kind of stuff and so it's just constantly feeding and you don't it's a little less you don't have to tend to it where like our smoker you kind of you know you're always watching kind of the temperature and um, making sure there's not a like a flare up on your wood chunks or something because that can cause your heat to go way high and you're constantly adding you know the wood chunks where the Traeger is just you know or or any kind of um, pellet smoker I should say it takes that, it makes it a little less fussy. People that are, you know, inveterate, you know, loyal smoker people. And once they try a Traeger, they don't go back. They just, yeah, it's working. My -hmm. friend's neighbor has one and I've been over when he has been cooking um, or grilling, I thought uh, pizzas, but is it actually smoking? Is that so? Is is it a grilled or both? Okay. It's just, I think you're limited on how hot it gets. Interesting. So it doesn't get as hot as a grill does? Not really. I, I don't, I'm not positive, but I think that's what um, Shane, my father-in-law was saying is that it's like, you know, I think you can get it up to like, you know, 350 or, you know, oh. or something. Okay. Um, but I don't know how much hotter it can get. So I'm not positive as, okay. like I said, we don't have one yet, but you know, it's definitely on Shane's list. <laughs> Robin, do you have one? No, no, we, um, I used to have the green egg, <laughs> excuse me, and oh. I really, that was fun, um, because it does get hot, you can grill, oh, excellent steaks on there, and it was a great smoker as well, but no, not the Traeger, my son-in-law has the, I don't know if his is a Traeger, but he does have the pellet, the okay. pellet smoker, and they, they really like that a lot, um, and cook all kinds of, does bacon on there, oh, it's Is just this the one who does the, the, like, turkeys and stuff he does all okay he does prime rib for us at thanksgiving and christmas Uh yes yes that's the guy okay my in-laws actually just did a meatloaf on the you know on the pellet and so they said that was really good because it's kind of like they could you know it just added some Mm -hmm. nice smoky flavor and moist you know uh can i just clarify when you said the bacon is delicious is he making sort of um, is he curing and, and cooking and smoking a uh, pork belly or, or do you mean like he's buying a pack of bacon and then cooking it or just buying a pack of bacon and cooking it on there and okay it is just really I mean I have had grilled or, or I've had I've had bacon camped uh, cooked on a campfire so I do know how good that is yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah so was yeah. it I, I think it was MJ that had literally did the first uh bacon grilled bacon oh um, yeah, i think it was yep I think uh, it was. I, that, again it was like debris it's like i'll believe it uh-huh. when i see it and sure <laughs> enough, i know it, I remember you were you were a naysayer on that john i was so. um i i could see a grease fire in the, in the potential <laughs> works on that one. <laughs> 
And speaking of uh, doing bacon, we did uh, cure bacon last year. Um, it is issue 142, our August 2020 issue. Uh, we did how to make homemade bacon. And in that same issue, we have uh, grilled pizzas that we collaborated with on with the folks from Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. And we also have um, grilling basics in there and a wares back to the barbecue toolkits. Um, right. We did an analysis on, on tools last year. But the other thing we were talking about, um, if you don't have a smoker, you can simulate that with a grill. So, and we've done that a lot actually, because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have that. Um, so that is another thing that if people want that smoky flavor, you can use your grill to that end. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I most always smoke on my grill. So. Well, and I think that's what we did when we did pastrami. When Haley did pastrami, I'm pretty sure that she used a grill that she simulated. Mm -hmm. She turned into a smoker as opposed to when we did bacon, we actually used a smoker. Right, right. Um, and then you did, oh, I think there were mezcal ribs on the mm -hmm. smoker. And then you did a whole tutorial on how to work with a smoker. Um, oh, yeah. And that is all, I believe, online. I think if you go to cuisineathome.com, you can find <clears throat> information. Uh, you can find information on how to set up a smoker and um, uh, those recipes, which were amazing because you not only did um, the ribs, but you did a couple of sides that were both smoked, the potatoes and um, I want to say a slaw, but I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I think there was. I think there was. It was good. But hey, can I interrupt here just a minute? And let's go back to something John said. And John, you said, you know, you're empty nesters, so you don't do as much smoking. And while that's true on one hand, you know, it's great for a make ahead, too. I mean, I don't want people to think, boy, we're just, you know, two of us, we can't do any smoking anymore because you still can. And boy, you know, think about all the stuff you can do with that smoked meat. And, you know, you can still... Mm -hmm freeze it or if you have a food saver that's a great way to keep that frozen meat too you know to to packages it up but let's talk about like um those um how about the chocolate chip cookies with the brisket in it oh or, yeah <laughs> different ways to, to use those to use that smoked meat um but i i don't want people to think that boy i it's not for me because there's just you know two of us because you still can, or put a couple chickens on there, or three chickens on, you know, if you want to smoke some chickens, or, you know, it doesn't always have to be that 14, you know, pound uh, sure, shoulder sure. that you're putting on there, um, but you still can, but just maybe you don't have to eat it all at once, or, um, <laughs> or, think that, or think that you have to, that it's going to be there, but, but use your freezer too, um, and uh, take advantage of that, and you'll still have a lot of good, um, a lot of good stuff when you want it. So our smoker is more of the um, multiple tiers, like kind of looks like a little box. It's got multiple levels. So we'll put like mm -hmm. a rack of ribs on there and then we'll also have a whole chicken because then we'll smoke that and use that, you know, in our lunches during the week or, you know, in the meals during the week as well. So it is nice. Like that's the reason I like ours is because you can do multiple things versus some smokers it's like here you can only get one thing on there you know versus right. that so we use well, it to our advantage for meal prepping and like you said like freezing <laughs> some so we can use it in quesadillas later on just because that smoked chicken or pork is so good and mm -hmm. other things 
Well, and you, uh, I think you wrote uh, an article last year kind of about that, that when you've got your smoker going, it's kind of make use of your time because you do totally. have to tend to it a little bit. And smokers aren't really outrageously priced or anything like that. They're just require a little bit of time and attention. And uh, so, yes, make make use of the time that you're dedicating to babysitting the food on your smoker by putting as much as you can get. And then to your point, Robin, too, I... I made something yesterday. Um, I have fresh vegetables, a lot of fresh vegetables and stuff. And um, I was cooking something and I thought, uh, I, I just love, especially in the summer, having almost a no cook meal where I can take things that have been prepped ahead and I am tossing together a bowl of like grain salad or, or some other, you know, or smoked meat salad or something like that, but where I've got things at my fingertips ready to go and I'm not every night. It's hot. Who wants to spend all their time over a hot um, stove or anything like that? Um, and who necessarily wants to eat a hot meal every night? And so I love having things kind of ready and um, yeah, take your Saturday, spend, you know, pop a beer, whatever, sit outside, tend your smoker. <laughs> Yeah, well, but don't forget they're, they're, what's on there. I've babysat a smoker until I know, say, two or three in the morning. So. <laughs> yeah, Shane had uh, eggs on the other day when we had the smoker going. And it was like, oh, man, he opened it to check. And he's like, I forgot the eggs were still on here. So they definitely had the nice ring on the inside. Oh, from oh there yeah. you go. <laughs> I have never done smoked eggs, so uh, you t do tell. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so it's funny because Shane followed um, I'll some just add smoker. It to my list. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, he and literally just puts eggs on like the you know on the on the top rack for I don't know if it's about an hour or you know um, how long, but yeah, you know, so the outside gets all brown and you know, kind of like. Speckly, just because like, well, I mean, I think our smoker could use a good clean out as well. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, the same thing, you take them off, you put them in some ice water bath, but it does, you know, eggs are porous, so they can, they absorb the smoke. So he uses it in like egg salad or, you know, oh, with his cool. salads. Uh-huh. That, uh -huh. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now these are hard cooked eggs. Let's just clarify. Yep. Oh, yeah. so they're hard cooked they're when they go on. Okay. No, they're not. They're not cooked when they go on. When oh, they come oh, off, okay. they're hard cooked. Yeah. Okay. They so go on raw. So the heat, the heat of the smoker, cooks them and then infuses, and the smoke is infused because they're so porous. Okay. Cool. Yep. Okay. So they come off okay. hard cooked, but they don't go on. They go on raw. Uh, uh, I'm jumping here, but Robin, there are two things that you've done, um, over the course of, um, uh, time that I can kind of remember that were two big pieces of meat. And I can't remember if you grilled them or smoked them, or if you used a grill to smoke them. One was the tri-tip and I would think I want a Santa Maria tri-tip or something like that. Uh -huh, I think it was, uh -huh, that was a grill. And then yeah. you also did the, this is the one I'm thinking, I want to say it was banana leaves and it was, yeah. I think, pork and it was sort of Hawaiian bent, a Hawaiian based flavored. Is that right? Um, actually, or, a little yeah. bit more Mexican. It's coconut oh. pillbill. Okay. Oh, yeah. Pibble. yeah. Pib, pib, I always pibble. say it incorrectly. Yeah, pibble. 
I always say it wrong. And that was pork, um, right? Was that pork mm -hmm. shoulder? Uh-huh. Yeah. And was and that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's more of a Mexican than Hawaiian, even though okay. it's, yeah. Okay. I know, the banana leaves kind of throw you off there. Maybe you but. did something else that was Hawaiian-based too. I think you did. Now yeah, that I, I did. I did. Yeah. There were sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. But and it so, was wrapped in a banana leaves, I think. And I think you're right. And Hawaiian salt, I think. It was pretty so, simple. Yeah, so it was. The, oh, yes. I kind of remember that. So the Santa Maria tri-tip is just a big hunk of beef. And then you, um, but you cooked it kind of low and slow on the grill. Is That's right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh -huh. And, is that indirect so, grilling? Yeah, I, I think I seared it. Seared it and then put it on indirect. Yeah. Which is very helpful as well if you don't have a smoker. That's kind of a nice way that kind of still simulates it. And Well, it's good if you have a big hunk of meat. And a tri-tip is a goodly sized piece of meat, you know, usually. And um, yeah, it can be. Um, not like 14 pounds or anything, but you know, um, it's a big, thick cut. And so to get it done without being burnt, if you have it on indirect, you're going to get get that accomplished without burning the outside. And uh, I mean, the whole industry has also tried to make it a little bit easier. So, you know, there are plenty of gimmicks. You can get Bluetooth uh, thermometers and Bluetooth minders and timers and whatnot that'll look at the time and temperature you've got your mm -hmm. smoker on. And you can be watching, you know, TV oh, yeah. and, and getting reports about your... You can go to bed yeah. even and it'll set if you trust it, you know, and set the the range. I don't want oh, it to right, go yeah. below this and I don't want it to go above this. And if it if it, it so you're it'll go in that range and if it goes below or above, it'll well, it will uh, set an it will alarm and you will know that you have gone out of range and you can go check on on your smoker and see where you're at. So it's pretty handy. So you don't have to sit there and watch the smoker come constantly so that's pretty handy to do in fact my last time i was out to visit my my parents my dad said hey you know my timer my my thing is not working right and i looked at my and you want me to fix that how about i just order you a new one let me just look at that and i'll just order a new one for you dad <laughs> oh you could do it robin if i can build a grill you could fix the timer i'm kidding <laughs> well you didn't see what happened when i tried to put my hose reel together did you it was a good thing that my grandson my grandson looked at it and he said um grandma we've got a problem here and i said well you mean because the wheels don't stay on <laughs> so, yeah. I, that's not my strong suit <laughs> but they fixed it for me <laughs> Hey, back to the, um, I'm a little obsessed with this because I remember it, the banana leaf wrapped pork. So was yes. that one smoked? No. It was I think on... it had smoky um, outside, like seasoning. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I think it was okay. a smoked salt. Okay. And then I assume the leaves are to help keep some, sorry guys, moisture in. <laughs> right. <laughs> and protect right. it. Sure. It is something that you could make without the banana leaves but that just adds another layer of flavor i mean it's not like you have to have banana leaves to make that dish sure but it does add to it it's, yeah so. you know well, a big yeah. part of of grilling and smoking particularly for people is what's the show what you know what are you doing that's you know cooler than throwing a steak on the barbie you know and maybe it's maybe it is doing the the banana leaf or maybe it's this unusual cut of 
So it's it's all about you know the pitmasters bragging rights uh, <laughs> and how well they've mastered this this heat and fire. So. Well, speaking of mastering fire, that's one of the things that I do think that a lot of individuals get very, um, and I think it happens in the kitchen too. I think people sometimes get in awe of flame and fire and cook things too high, too fast. And now grilling is cooked at a higher temp and more quickly than smoking, as we talked about. Still, just because your barbecue has a high button or goes up to, you know, however many degrees, mm. it doesn't mean that you necessarily want to throw your steak on that way. Um, a little patience goes a long way, I think, when it comes to um, your grill. And I, um, anyway, that's, that's what I think that I have seen most people. Um, and so you end up with stuff that is, either charred on the outside and raw on the inside or dry as can be because they fired it up and left it on there way too long. And right. um, so what do, do we want to tell people maybe some indicators of what to look for when, when they've got something coming off the grill? I mean, I think for fish, you definitely want to cook it more gently and you're usually looking for where it's just turning opaque. In my opinion, you don't want it like, and it's just starting to kind of flake and break easily with a fork. You don't want it where it is um, dry all the way through. And um, I tend to actually like my fish done a little less than others. So I usually don't take it to full opaqueness, but that's a personal preference. Um, and, uh, and it does depend whether it's um, on a bone or not on a bone what uh but do you want to kind of anybody want to jump in here well i think that's a really good example of something that um has quickly carries over the heat quickly carries over so you do want to pull it a little earlier um because it, the flesh the protein is so delicate often um, mm -hmm. that it will carry over quickly and so you yeah you know it's a good idea to have it a little underdone and just let it finish yeah. I pull, um a lot of things i like to sear i i always have all my heat on one side of the grill and um so I, that gives me the other half i can do roasting and or just letting things cook with the heat and or smoke actually um uh -huh. so i'd like to sear and then move it over, and then I have a lot more control over uh, how well something gets done, or you know, not too well, or not too raw. I mean, my chicken takes a long time to cook on a grill, so you know that's a something digital that you... thermometer is your friend. Yes, <laughs> instant oh, yeah. read. <laughs> Definitely. So, what would you say? Would you say five to ten? I mean, it depends on how big of a cut of something, what temp you would take it under because you and then you let it rest oh, for carryover if we're talking fish or what uh just in general i mean like you know um, pork's 145 right mm -hmm. but i'd still probably pull it before i'd pull it five degrees at least under that i'd rather have it underdone than overdone well, because you can always, as Maddie attested to, throw it in your air fryer or something else. You can always, you can always cook it a little bit more. You can't right. uncook something. 
So that's where I guess what I was trying to lean into here is the fact that it's um, it's best to to um, try to take it because you're going to get um, carryover cooking. You should let your re your meat rest um, before you slice anything, unless your recipe is calling for it. Like the um, Stephen Reichlin recipe that we did with the cutting board sauce, wasn't that one that we cut right away because the juices oh. were part of the sauce? But typically, you're going to let that rest so the juices, uh, meat juices, have a chance to redistribute, and you'll get um, during that time you're going to get a bump in temperature by you know five to more degrees yeah it's like if you you pull your chicken and your uh, juices aren't clear that's a good sign you know pop it back on the grill a little longer Absolutely. we're like Absolutely. a steak um i'll take the plate with all the drippings like that's <laughs> yeah. when you're like drippings are good <laughs> well and then the other thing to note too is if it's um like a hamburger steak tartare uh i still love to steak tartare so mm -hmm. which is raw and I would um, eat a burger rare. And now I typically would go medium rare to medium, um, but that's the one thing. Anything that's a ground meat, you do cook to a higher temp um, than a tip, typically just uh, the same type of meat that's not ground. So anyway, that's something to note. And I, I would follow those, those rules. And John, I'm gonna ask you to explain this how ground meat is made and why the regs are um, higher for temps are higher for um, U USDA recommendations, yeah. I should say. Well, it's it's basically the primal cuts of meat, are, you know, the surface on a steak or let's say a roast, be easier. The surface on a roast is the only place that it's going to really have any kind of contamination. Exposure. Because, yeah, because it's exposed to the air and whatnot. Whereas brining that same cut of meat runs it through and exposes, you know, everything. And right. as a result, um, depending on how it's stored, uh, that can easily develop uh, pathogens. Right. And, uh, so unless, I mean, in the event, I mean, Lord knows I love tartare and carpaccio. <laughs> so, I mean. Yes. But those are, those are you know that they're being done immediately yes. in final cuts. Right. You know, so they're not just throwing some hamburger that they found on the back shelf or onto your yeah. plate. Well, and you, and it's also... At least you hope. You, exactly. <laughs> it, you know, know, know your provider. You're going to a place that you know that there's some turnaround and that they're, they've got good quality products and they also know what they're doing. Um, I, you're you following food safety guidelines. Yes. I mean, I remember having it at um, one of Anthony Bourdain's restaurants, Layal, and, um, or I guess his, that was not one of, that's where he, he worked. Um, and uh, I knew that he knew what he was doing. <laughs> and he also had a lot of turnover there. So, <laughs> yeah, same with Carpaccio. Uh, so, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention too, because we were talking about kind of um, temps and time and, and thermometers. So with a um, with uh, something that's boneless, pretty much take it in. Um, you will add a, or put the probe into the thickest part of whatever you're cooking, and as that's what you're really looking for in terms of temping. So you try to take it to the center of the thickest part of uh, what you're cooking, and if it's got a bone in it, um, then you want to take it 
as to the thickest part, but not touching the bone because the bone registers temp differently. It holds more heat, I believe, and it will skew your results. So you want to try to get it into the meaty part, no pun intended, of your whatever you're cooking. Um, and like for a whole piece of, um, like a, not a whole piece, like for a whole chicken um, or turkey or whatever it may be, uh, go to the thigh because that's going to be the, the the part that's the the um, one that comes up to temp the last. So that's where um, anybody have anything to add on that or? Well, other than um, with an irregular sort of meat, I'm thinking specifically of cooking a whole beef tenderloin. Oh, and sure. you'll have the, you know, you'll have the head of the, the piece of meat that's thick and all that. And then they have this tail that tapers out. And so that tail is going to get done much sooner. Mm -hmm. So what I find, and with, I do this typically with uh, poultry as well, is I'll take multiple temps. I mean, I don't want to, you know, perforate it or anything, but right. I, I, I check and sort of get a good idea of kind of an average of what's going on with that meat. So, you know, maybe 180 down on the tail, but it's still, you know, 130, 125. Uh, up in the head and so you kind of kind of got well this is going to carry over and I'm going to get an average through here and that's what I find is works the best for me um, and that's true with poultry as well but I'll take several readings um, at the thigh and the drumstick area and then also um, yeah. on the breast so. And the best part, too, is that it's like, you know, a lot of people have different preferences on how their steaks cook. So you can have the well, you know, the medium rare and the medium, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, so it has like a, the best of both worlds. It is good for that. You're right. Um, well, and the nice thing is on the, the tenderloin like that, then you are pleasing everybody. So those who want to eat shoe leather have that, and then who <laughs> want something succulent have that. Right, right. <laughs> you can see where I net out. <laughs> um, but I mean, one of the things that, uh, is, is similar to when we say cut things uniform size, um, when you're doing mirepoix or any kind of vegetable, just so they cook evenly, same sort of the idea is the same when you are prepping meat for, uh, for cooking of any type. A lot of times that's why, um, it will be, uh, tied. So you might flip that tail under. So you've got kind of double thickness on one end that was a lot thinner. So to try to even that out just a little bit. So exactly. that's another way you can prep some things that mm -hmm. you're putting, whatever you're cooking. It doesn't, it's not necessarily just um, for uh, grilling and barbecuing and um, smoking. Oh no, that's true. Um, so, and uh, so I mentioned last, ish, last year's issue 142, we had a lot of great um, grilling and smoking um, uh, our barbecue information. And then this year we have, uh, we've given a nod to the, um, brisket a couple of times. We have the brisket standard. Uh, it was a partnership with Stephen Reichlin and, um, several of his recipes from brisket, which are, um, incredible, but there's a, um, a brisket, a rub baked beans and chocolate chip cookies with, brisket in all of them. Well, except for the rub. Um, 
so then we also have, this is what I was trying to get at. We have the charcoal set up. So this is, I thought was a really nice, uh, I think a lot of people are intimidated by charcoal grills. So this was a little tutorial on setting up a charcoal grill and also how, how to get sort of different heat zones on a charcoal grill. Um, and it's a lot easier than you think. Then we have um, some grilled bowls. We had a shrimp boil bowl and um, Mediterranean bowl with grilled cucumber and summer veggies. And that had pork in it. And then we had a grilled market salad with tuna. Uh, I think those are some of the highlights that we had that we grilled this past issue. So, oh, I was going to say the bourbon bash, but that was a slow cooker, which I think is a phenomenal um, tool for the uh, for the summer too, because it doesn't take a lot of heat, and it's one of those set it and forget it, and then you've got um, great meat anytime you want it. Um, and then of course we have make and take party sides because it just ain't a barbecue or a grilling outing without some kind of a mayo salad and Robin did my favorite the curry cauliflower and chickpea salad <laughs> yes. um, benedictine pasta salad uh, roasted potato salad which we also have gotten some shout outs on social media um, from peeps on that one and fruit fluff and uh, oh somebody I saw made also um, oh we had fired up apps I knew we had um we had uh, some grilled appetizers that were phenomenal. But I did see, I was just going to say minty cha-cha. I'm trying to think what else they, they made. They made something else Ooh. from the current issue, but they definitely made a minty cha-cha. Cha-cha. Uh, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, you're right. mm -hmm. yeah. um, yes. So. And we got lots on our website as well. If someone's looking for a fun project or a new kind of spin on something to throw on the grill, definitely go ahead over there and see what else we got. Cuisineathome.com. Um, so if uh, you only had, uh, I am assuming, okay, if you had to pick your favorite, charcoal, gas grill, smoker, or Traeger? <laughs> <laughs> or, or what's the one you had, Robin, the green egg? I don't know what that is. That's a pellet. Is that what that is? Nope, it's nope. not. But you can, you can grill on it and you can smoke in it. Both. Okay. I vaguely remember, uh, I've, I've yeah. never used one, um, so I don't know that much about them. I liked it. I liked uh -huh. it a lot. But for me right now, I'm going to say the gas grill, just because I can just go out and turn it on and just put my little, whatever, little piece of meat on there and grill it and be done. Convenience. <laughs> It's convenient for me right now, so I sure. like that. But I do miss smoking the the smoking process because it's it is kind of it's fun. So I'm totally charcoal. Um, I do uh, miss the convenience of just turning gas on, but um, ultimately I just can't justify it in my head. I I want that flavor from the charcoal. Sure. So. Yeah, you do make a good point, John. Yeah, definitely charcoal for overall flavor and then gas for the convenient. But if you got a nice weekend, the smoker is always a, a fun aspect. So really, you need uh, all three. All three. Yeah. You, know, you can't go wrong. So. 
been there, done that. Yeah, I know. Still <laughs> there. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, uh, yes, for convenience, the there nothing um, can beat the gas grill. However, I really, the um, propane-fueled um, charcoal grill is pretty convenient. It really is such a, a no must, no fuss kind of thing that you've got the flavor from the charcoal. You just don't have to deal with it, the lighting part is just so simple. Um, yeah. it, you know, you have to wait for the, um, briquettes and stuff to come up to tent or, you know, to get ash, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it really, once you're prepping, if you put that on, it's, it's as yeah. long as it takes really to preheat a gas grill. So mm -hmm. if you only have one and that would be my reco. Um, but, um, yeah. Yeah. It's Sounds good. Anywho. Well, I, I don't think we've given him a lot to um, chew on. <laughs> uh, yes. So, well, thanks for joining us here today, folks. Um, if you uh, have ever been leery of a uh, Traeger, um, don't be. It's uh, people seem to love it. Um, or if you really didn't know much about smoking, it really is a simple process. And if you don't have a smoker, then you can use your grill to smoke. Uh, we have several recipes that uh, we've done that. And um, uh, as Maddie said before, we have lots of great um summer content on our website at cuisineathome.com. So check it out and please um, join us next time for when there will be more must love food. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at CuisineAtHome.com. <laughs>